And yet we run around making decisions and, and having these emotional states and being in fear and not moving forward and not shining our light because we are holding this impression that people, you know, care more about what's going on with us than they do. And they right. probably don't. They've got their own stuff going on. And if someone's got so little going on in their life that they've got time to think about yours, then they probably deserve your pity and nothing else. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. It is Dr. G, and we are back for another episode of Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. And today we have Dan Mangala, and he is going to be talking to us about who he is and all of the wonderful things that he is up to. Take it away, Dan. Okay. We're here. We're doing the thing. I'm Daniel Mangeta. Uh, I'm from East London in the UK, child of immigrants. I now live in Cabo in Mexico. I've been here for four years. Uh, I'm a dad, podcaster. Uh, I do some writing for some magazines and get to speak to cool humans like you and uh, serve your audience, pouring into them about abundance and all of that good, yummy stuff. Awesome. So it sounds like there are quite a few stories there. Some of them, I'm sure, um, some of them, I'm sure, involve some sort of facing of fear. So talk to us about uh, the fact that you were uh, a child of immigrants, like immigrants from where? And there's always a cool backstory when that is it when that's involved. Yeah. So my mom and dad emigrated from Zimbabwe to the UK in the 70s. And what's funny is that they weren't even like full on financial immigrants, like a lot of the bigger wave of of immigrants from Africa was like, as independence was kicking off, there was a lot of civil wars in the 90s and people were running away as refugees and whatnot. My parents, like my dad wanted more education and he kind of reached as high as he could where he was and he's like, well, I could go and get some more in the UK. And so that's kind of what it was. And so education was a really big thing. Uh, growing up education and Jesus very good staples all right well there you go (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah that was that was what that was really about and um, it was really funny because then when you know growing up Queen's English was the most important thing but you know we had the annual trip back home to Zimbabwe or whatever but we didn't really have to face day-to-day cultural impact of being Zimbabwean which was really interesting because then my younger sister the cousins that she grew up around who did immigrate because they they came here, they were born in Zim and then came okay. to the UK. And so like, she's really deep in the culture. Like she speaks the lingo, she knows all like okay. the cultural bits. And I'm like, yeah, I know not to shake hands with my left hand and, <laughs> and to respect my elders and whatnot. So it's a, it's a really interesting difference in how immigrants carry their culture or share yes. their culture to, 
like we were really well integrated into British culture. I speak Queen's English, you know, well-mannered and all of the things. And then like my cousins coming over, it's like, yeah, well, we're Zimbabwean. We're not British. What do you mean you're British? You're Zimbabwean. Kind of, kind of British. Like I was born here. Right, right. You're born there pretty much. So it's, it's an interesting thing of culture and how it transfers and how it forms a part of our identity. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm asking this because I'm always fascinated um, by this, you know, as an immigrant myself. Now, mm-hmm. I have a different story, obviously. I mean, I was born in Jamaica and stayed there for 10 years and then migrated to the United States. So a little bit different. So, But my children, obviously, uh, yeah. were born in the United States. And so their, their, um, their exposure is kind of like yours, where, you know, we mm-hmm. go back and we visit. But they have, I mean, the food is preserved, like all those things are preserved. Like we speak, you know, Patawa at home, like sometimes, okay. you know, usually we're, when we're upset. So when they yeah. hear us speaking <laughs> like that, it's, you know, yeah, usually it's, it's not a good thing. Like right? <laughs> things aren't going yeah. well. And I, so, I know when there's a shoe coming by way. So this is, this is how it is. Sounds, like, sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds like that's a universal thing, not just, you know, Caribbean. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, so it, it's always fascinating to hear the perspective of that because now, mm-hmm. and then it's really neat that, you know, the reason why your family left wasn't because of some kind of um, political issue or, you yeah. know, for safety, you know, so it's just, it's just fantastic. You know, it's, it's just interesting. Um, you know, our 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 reason for leaving was education as well, but it was actually mm-hmm. the education of me. So mm-hmm. you know, you know, and whereas you know, for you it was your your dad's uh, pursuing of yeah. um, of education, which right. is which is fantastic, right? Because then mm-hmm. what that does is that offers you opportunity for you know reaching that higher greater, you know, because yeah. now you have you're in a place where there's opportunity even more than what was available to your family back in Zimbabwe. So exactly. this is fa- very fascinating, fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of heard like, uh, as you were talking, I also thought it was quite fascinating that you mentioned the differences between your family that are more like um, organically tied. I, w- I will say, I'll say organically tied, organically tied to Zimbabwe versus mm-hmm. um, your experience where you're getting it like secondhand and in little bits. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because then I'm sure when you go back to visit, your experience is different too. And there may yeah. be some fear involved in that experience mm-hmm. because you know, like the general items, don't shake with your left mm-hmm. hand, you know, respect yeah. the elders. But what about the nuances, right? You've been yeah. out of the mix for a while. Um, yeah. You have been raised completely differently. And mm-hmm. now you are thrust back into this where you look like, your relatives, right? And so yeah. they are, the expectation is you're going to behave like your relatives, but then when you speak, they know exactly that you're not yeah, from there. <laughs> Which is really fascinating because even, even down to the emotional relationship to certain nuances. So for example, there are two main tribes in Zimbabwe. My family's mixed with the two main tribes, but we predominantly tied to one. And, um, and there's this whole thing that one of the tribes just assumes that you're their tribe and kind of talks to you like, hey, like, I'm going to use our language and you're just going to get it because we're the we're like the the cool tribe or whatever and it's like my younger sister gets really offended and upset by that anytime it shows up and I was in (laughs) Dubai the other day and the woman uh was coming out and was going to get the 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 Emirates chauffeur thing and the woman I'm in Dubai right about to get my ride to my Airbnb and she recognizes the name she goes oh you're Zimbabwean oh okay 
and then start speaking to me in the other lingo. It's like, my name is not your tribe. Like, you know that I'm not your tribe. And like, I just laughed it off. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, that's cute. Like this little auntie's like, oh, like one of our sons is here or whatever. My younger sister, who does she think she is? Blah, blah, blah. They always do that. And it's like, what? But then she spends more time again in the culture. And so okay, okay. these impassioned things. Yes, yes. They get it, you know? So, well, so I'm like, I, I don't really have that. I don't have that married. I'm not married to that. So it's right, really right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so now you got to tell us. So we we have that. That's an amazing backstory. Um, and kudos to your dad for, you know, I'm sure it wasn't easy for him because I'm assuming that at this time when he made that transition, of course, my children are making a big noise in the background here. Um, yeah. So um, I'm sure that um, at the time when he made that transition, obviously he was an adult and leaving your, you know, the thing that you've known, the place that you've known, all the things you've known to go to in a completely different place starting your life is, is wrought with some fear. And so he overcame that, which is huge. And then, you know, um, now you are, you know, you're raised there and everything. And you sounds like you made a transition to leave. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what happened there? And what was the fear associated with that? And how did you overcome it? Um, do you know that the crazy thing is, is that I, I, I'd overcome the fear before making the move. And the fear was, how am I going to do this thing of sharing this work with people and sustain myself financially? And that was the reason why I hadn't actually made the leap. And I had quite a beautiful experience, meditation experience that kind of let me know to trust and know everything's going to be okay. So by the time I got to the point where I was traveling the world and then eventually coming to settle here in Mexico, I kind of had started to build that relationship of trust already because I'd had that epiphany mystical experience -y kind of driven revelation that bro like you're good like you don't really need to fear about about the thing and so that was that that was that was something that I, I kind of addressed before so when I came I mean I came to Mexico for three days and ended up staying um, oh goodness wow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so your family was okay with that I mean <laughs> I mean by then I was already traveling so I'd been I'd been a, so what was that that was October since like June of that year, I was just traveling around. I, I was living oh, out of I a see. backpack, a suitcase and a suit carrier, just traveling around. Okay. And I ended up coming here to, um, to, to scope it out. And I was like, I'm happy here. I like it. I'm staying. So okay. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Of course there were, I'm sure there were logistics. Like, I mean, yeah, we could yeah, be I, like, ah, oh, we want to stay here, but like, yeah. you know, visas and things of those uh, nature. <laughs> well, thankfully I was by, I was by myself at the time. Um, uh, I, kind of I ended up in the relationship um that led to my son being born a few months after that I and see okay I was dotting back and forth and then everybody moved here and my son was born here in Mexico which is an, a whole other thing because his mom's Russian and so he's, he's Mexican learning, yeah so he's learning three <laughs> languages he hears three languages every nice day. yeah so he's hearing the three languages and uh yeah it's really interesting you know as we're speaking about culture like what culture is he going to be game for because there's a whole expat culture here called the Choyero culture, okay. where it's like, like there's a lot of this particular part of Mexico has got a lot of expats. And so you've got a lot of bilingual kids from Canada, okay, from America, okay. mixing in with their Mexican friends. And you've got mixed right. families that will have like a Mexican parent or American or European or whatever parent. 
so it's it's um it's fascinating it's fascinating to to see uh, it sounds awesome I don't know <laughs> it what sounds really good <laughs> no idea what his accent's gonna be so yeah uh maybe but you know i think uh what well, well, what usually ends up happening is when there is a mix like that the children tend to speak each language with excellent um like yeah. diction yeah. yeah so they learn how to code switch very early in life and so yeah. they just adapt to whatever scenario if they're in a situation where i don't know they go to mexico city or something and yeah. they have to like be full-on mexican they, they can just do that you know yeah. so yeah. it's yeah. really yeah. it's really neat it's neat yeah 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 so is your um so your son is how old now he's 18 months old okay so is he talking yeah. Because a lot of times what happens, I heard that, that what kids do is they just don't really speak. Uh, they're like absorbing all the languages. And then yeah, at one he's point, trying to they will. He's, he's oh, trying he is? To okay. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good luck with that. At least yeah, he points he, to where he's going, what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> he points he to really, where he needs. He's really, really good at letting you know what he's he's into. So okay. He went to, be put to bed at eight. And then uh, he decided he wasn't ready for bed yet. So he came out. He's like, I want to come and sit with you. He came and, sit with you. and then uh, he decided that he's ready for bed. <laughs> like, I'm going to bed now. Come on, take me to bed. He's like, yeah. Okay, bro. Like, I uh, yeah, that sounds about right. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So you got to tell us now um, how it was becoming a parent. Like, was there fear involved in that? So this is the crazy thing. I thought that I had the game dialed in. I've got a dozen nephews and nieces. I'm from a very big family. I've got a dozen nephews and nieces. Uh, my sisters, uh, my, my nephew's dad couldn't be there when he was born because he was born when he wasn't supposed to be born. I was there in the delivery room for my sister's C-section. I gave him his first kiss. Wow. So I'm like, I thought, I've, I've got this. Super uncle. I love it. I, I, know, I know how to do diapers. I know how to like check the milk temperature. It was a completely different experience when it's my own kids. Like, am I going to drop him? I don't want to oh, bath yeah. him yet in case I'm oh, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. And even now, yeah. like, why are you running with a pencil? Give me that pencil. <laughs> like, like, so I do, ha I do have these really crazy, but they don't feel irrational, but they're okay. very, very regular about okay. just not wanting to control, but definitely wanting to just make sure that the environment's safe for him to explore and learn. Sure, and sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you don't want to be that helicopter parent, but, no, but you also I don't do, want to be do the free bit. range, you know, you do yeah. whatever you want kind yeah, of situation either. Yeah, I'm not that. You know, they, you know what I'm talking about, the strict non-European. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. White European yeah, you cannot go household. outside. Oh, no TV. Oh, no. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we, you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I understand. So, like, so even little <laughs> things like when he tries to while out on his mom, I'm like, dude, who are you talking to? And like he now when he's doing sit, he looks up like, am I going to get caught by dad doing this or whatever? So it's really interesting to see how the energy of the ways that we were brought up, me and his mum, yes. shows up in how um, in how we approach him and then how he knows he can get away with stuff depending on who he's dealing with. Oh, interesting. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Now they learn that early. They yeah, learn yeah, and they master that. that quite early yeah. in life. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, so I tell, I tell mine that, you know, I will always be your crazy mom. I will always be yeah. because they're going to all be bigger than I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> since, yeah, I don't have the, since I don't have the height, I have to like yeah, have the yeah. madness. <laughs> yeah, Ethan's, Ethan's definitely going to have some height. I mean, he's wearing 
um, clothes for two-year-olds now and they're too nice. small. Nice. Yeah, so he's been, yeah, he's been in the upper percentile forever. He's always been in the upper percentile. So he looks really, he's really big for his age. Gotcha. So like, he's going to definitely going to be in the 6162 club for sure. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so... Hi, son. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. (laughs) That's what I said. I'm already saying that to my oldest. Yeah, so I know it's crazy. That's fantastic. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. And then, so now you guys, so you, you've done all this stuff, you know, you had a fantastic upbringing where you had a nice mixture of cultures and then you got into something and you got to tell us more about that part. You got into Mm -hmm. something where you're impacting people pretty much Mm -hmm. all over. And then Mm -hmm. you are almost like, um, almost like a, uh, um, coaching nomad I don't know what this is how to call that but like like you were you know you were going from place to place and then you finally you know you had like uh something that drew you and that made you um settle on Cabo as the as the landing spot and then now you have so much so that you have you know basically like started your family there mm-hmm. so now you gotta tell us like what is it that drew you out of the UK to start to make an impact elsewhere in what you do was is that uh, the first thing was is that I really did want to if I'm I was like if I'm going to make this leap and do this thing I I need to do it properly and so I had a look you know logically I mean what do they say a prophet's never accepted in his homeland that is true (laughs) and so I really wanted to go where there will be a differentiation where I could stand out because it would give me the opportunity to maybe be heard and then give it a chance because there are so many people that have got great things to say. Nobody wants to listen. Uh, and there's this whole, idea. I mean, even little things like over, particularly over the last six or seven months has been a, a lot more traction. I got my book deal about a month ago Congrats. Uh, around Christmas and New Year. Thank you. Around Christmas and New Year's, my TV slots really, really kicked up. I had like a dozen over like a really short period of time. Good morning here. Good morning there, whatever. Nice. And then all of a sudden, like people would start sharing the posts, right? Or they'd respond to the thing. And um, for year, for the for years, people are like, oh, I really love your content, and you've never seen them like a like a post because they don't like it, they don't share it, they just 
private message you oh, really, thank you for everything you're doing like it's made a big impact i'm really grateful but do you even like the thing yeah but now yeah, yeah. but now like you get you know when there's a level of um perceived authority right then people and so i wanted to create i, I understood this about human psychology so i wanted to create that difference and so my first workshop i did in new york in july of 2018 and i did focus on building a base in the u.s because it's english speaking it's this sort of side of the world and i plan to do uh, us and canada and then go off and do australia as well english-speaking countries bit of a differentiation and build a base and then come back to the uk and that was always the plan and it just ended up being that i, I fell in love with mexico and nice. you can get to the us pretty easily from here and so that's yes 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 oh awesome awesome we love mexico by the way and, and it's funny because we you know when we lived stateside um we would go to cancun pretty much or to riviera maya regularly mm-hmm. like every every year um, but before my children were born, we did go all the way to the other side. Um, mm-hmm. we went to, um, Puerto Vallarta. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. It was so, so nice over there, but never made to Cabo. So, but yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, Mexico is a beautiful place. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, when we are, when people are like on the mainland United States and they have no real exposure to Mexico, they have a very interesting impression of what That's Mexico right. is. Yeah. And I say to myself, but Mexico is a major place. Like it's, I mean, it's it has everything, huge. like everything. It's, it's massive. It's ma- number yeah. one, massive. Number two has all the things, you know, they <laughs> speak Spanish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they make it seem like everybody lives in a hut and you know, like it's so backwards. No, Mexico is no. cutting edge. I mean, I'm I don't know what to right tell you. Now, I'm looking at multi-million dollar houses just across the road in the Sea of Cortez right now. I'm looking at right. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. It's, <laughs> so like, it's just, it's, it's, right just it's the perception is just, just hilarious to me. Um, yeah. yeah, we could talk about that. I'm sure that you could say the same thing about Zimbabwe. I mean, like there's yeah. just so many places that I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like yeah. so do you think, down. I mean, do, do you really honestly think that people like would live in their country and like not have all the things? Like, I don't understand why you think that. <laughs> it's true just funny to me but anyway um but yes no i am so happy that you found a landing spot um and then so tell us more about what you do because you say you Mm -hmm. make an impact and i know you do Mm -hmm. obviously um and you have you know you get on stages and you you pour into audiences what do you how do you help them what do you help them through so my whole thing is that I, I ask a question, you know, when you look at nature, do you ever see anything other than abundance? It's like, no, abundance is the only thing that exists in nature. It's the natural order, the natural state of things. And we as humans have got this egoic driven disconnection from that natural state that shows up with us thinking we need to kill or be killed, that we need to take out the competition, that we need to grab that before the other person does. I need to squirrel all of this away. And it leads to a lot of the dysfunction that we experience as humans. And so what I found my calling to be is to remind people of that natural state and to empower them to reconnecting to it. And that's what I get to do. Awesome, 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 awesome. And then you have to let the audience know how they can get in contact with you dreamwithdan.com we've got free resources links to my podcast books uh, i write for entrepreneur magazine some other magazines those are there got the blog um but the free resources are there definitely to support people in their abundance journey but everything's at dreamwithdan.com 
Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. And in this journey, what do you think is the biggest fear you've had to face? Uh, biggest fear has definitely been um, what I think other people have got to say or think about me. That I think is one of the biggest ones. I remember there was a meme that my friend sent to me. It must be about six, seven years ago now. And there's this guy looking up at heaven and saying, Lord, save me from my haters. And God's looking down saying, bro, nobody's thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> right? And yet we run around making decisions and, and having these emotional states and being in fear and not moving forward and not shining our light because we are holding this impression that people, you know, care more about what's going on with us than they do. They right. honestly don't. They've got their own stuff going on. And if someone's got so little going on in their life that they've got time to think about yours and they probably deserve your pity and nothing else. Right? Yes, indeed. Oh, that's, I love that. Nicely put. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with this, um, the, I don't want to say prolific nature, but like the, I guess omnipresence of, um, of social media, oh, that yeah. is very intense. You know, that whole, yeah. that whole concept and, yeah. um, path is pretty intense. And a lot of people, Trolling and all of that yeah, stuff. they do all of that kind of stuff. Cause it can be anonymous. You know, people, when they're anonymous, they can say all kinds of things they would never say Keyboard to your face. Warriors. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. so that, um, that's even more important for us to be thinking about the fact that, you're right. Like if they have time to be trolling, then they don't have much going on. Right. Cause yeah. I mean, you, cause I think about it, it takes a lot of energy to troll. Cause you have to like, you look at everything the, the person's the person doing. To troll. Right. And then it's like, them, come up right, with a and figure retort. out what you're going to say. I mean, like there's a lot, that's a lot goes that's into like, that. It's really quite sad. And I mean, it's I, almost I, like they I, should I, use their powers for good, not evil. You know, like, come on, you got a superpower there. Use it for good. <laughs> I'm kind of blessed. I, I haven't really faced much of that weird negativity you get the odd weird comment or whatever but yeah i'm just like dude like you need a hug you're not gonna yeah, get yeah. it from me but you <laughs> yeah. might want to look into that right <laughs> it's not coming from over here <laughs> yeah it's not here but you might want to look into that there's definitely a definitely one for sure oh that's that's so funny <laughs> that's truth though <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh so is there anything um that you want to share in regard to that um that you feel that like the audience should know like a pearl about how to how to approach you know getting to that state where you have an abundance mindset i would say just just look to the natural order of things like any time that you get lost, look to the natural order of things. I mean, even when you go to fear, like we're only born with two fears, falling in loud noises. Everything else is an illusionary construct that gets built by the mind going through the environment and trying to keep you safe. But if you just treat what's real as what's real and what's not real as what's not real, you're going to probably find less energy going into these fear-based constructs around stuff that doesn't really have any true impact unless you give it permission to have impact in your life. Not fantastic. Yeah, that's great. That is great. It was such a good conversation here, Thank Dan. You, <laughs> and I mean, the fact that we are having a conversation from so far away from each other is pretty cool. <laughs> I always find that fascinating. So yeah. tell me, um, are you ready for our tradition? We have a tradition here on the show. It's called fill in the blanks. Are you ready for that? Okay. You look ready. You look ready. <laughs> For those who can't see it, he's, he's looking ready. He's looking ready. All right, here we go. All right. So the first one is if I am fearless, I will. 
say yes more. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Remembering that I'm always taken care of and protected. Okay. Like it, like it. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, my battle cry is. Oh, I love it. I love it. You are, you know what? Every time I ask that question, I'm like, is somebody going to say a noise? Is somebody going to do a noise? And you, my friend are, I mean, of all of the guests, you are up there with the chosen few that have actually done a battle cry. Thank you for that. That is a battle cry. You just, like that is a battle cry. That is indeed. Tuned into the battle. Yes. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Not as great. That is great. So let everybody know again how they can reach out to you. Dreamwithdan.com. Dreamwithdan.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out. And thank you for having me. Yeah, no, we, we really appreciate you. And I know that um, the tribe got lots of nice um, pearls on how to start thinking in abundance, looking to nature and not getting bogged down by the trivial things. And I think that is uh, an amazing, amazing pearl. And I know that they're going to take it and run with it. So I thank awesome. you so much for your time because it's always um, it's always a pleasure to um, to be able to speak with individuals like yourself and just have you on the show and have you sharing, you know, your perspective. And we always are blessed by each other's conversations. So thank you so much. Thank you.